Yeah, there's power in the name of Jesus. Yeah. There's healing in the name of Jesus. There's deliverance in the name of Jesus. Salvation is in his name. Amen. Yeah. At Jesus at the center of it all. Bless your name, Lord. Bless your name. Good morning. Are y'all tired of the rain? <laughs> huh? Are y'all tired of the rain? <laughs> Guess what? After today's message, here's what I believe is going to happen. Derek told you about hashtag and tweeting and all that. Well, here's my preaching idea. Hashtag, let it rain. So after today's message, I pray that you tweet, Facebook, call out, shout out, call your friend, I don't know. But say, hashtag, let it rain. Amen. Amen. So today, we're going to look at, and this is for all the students that graduated for, with me. Then we're going to look at a narrative. It's a historical narrative. And some commentators say it's a prophetic narrative. It's in the first book of Kings. It's in Kings, I'm sorry, 1 Kings chapter 18. And we're going to be talking about worship. Amen. Worship. Somebody say worship. Yeah, worship. And if we're going to believe God's vision for RCF, that this ministry will be a part of the community and all the things that God has shown Pastor Felix and Pastor Katani, then we must get to the heart of worship. God's worship, the worship of God. And so my big idea is this, when we worship God, he will open the heavens. Let it rain. Hashtag let it rain. Let's pray. Father, we love you this morning and we honor you and bless you, Lord. And God, although they introduced me, Lord, I step back and I allow you, God, to speak your word to the hearts of your people, God. And I pray today, Lord, that you would let it rain in this place, Lord. Let your Holy Spirit rain down in this place. Fill it, Lord, with your presence, God. Fill it so much so, Lord, that we have no choice, God, but to fall prostrate on our face and worship you. Lord, that we have no choice but to repent of our sins, Lord. Anything that stands in the way, Lord, anything that we've placed, Lord, in your place. Lord, I pray that we repent of those things and that, God, we worship you on today. These and other blessings we ask in your son Jesus' name, we pray. Hallelujah. Amen. Hashtag let it rain. And so, 1 Kings chapter 18, we're still looking at our buddies, Israel, the Israelites. And so, when Israel... Those of you that haven't been here or are new, uh, Pastor's been doing an awesome st series on 
the Exodus. And so when Israel went from Egypt into Canaan, and so I'm going to reference that in case you're wondering what I'm talking about. And you can, you can go on to YouTube and look at all the past sermons. Did y'all, did y'all know that? You go on YouTube and type Restoration Christian Fellowship, you can look at all the sermons. Okay, you can do that. Or you can do podcasts. Yeah, we got it going on, all right? <laughs> yeah. So you can do all that. So he's been talking about Israel going into Canaan. And right before Israel went into Canaan, we know that Moses wasn't able to go with them. So in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy, basically, Moses is giving a farewell speech and farewell sermons. And he's giving them instructions on how to live once they get into their promised land. And so... Uh, before we get into our passage, I just wanted to, to read this from Deuteronomy because I believe it's relevant. And so Deuteronomy 28, verse 1, if you want to write that down, Moses told Israel this. I got to get comfortable. Moses told Israel this. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands, I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on earth. The Lord will open the heavens, the storehouse of his bounty to send rain on your land in season and to bless all the work of your hands. Now, to me, that sounds like that was for us. So I'm going to read it again. He said, if you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on earth. The Lord will open the heavens, the storehouse of his bounty, to send rain on your land in season and to bless all the work of your hands. Somebody say, let it rain. Hashtag, I forgot that. So, the many commentators said that at the heart of Israel's disobedience and rebellion against God, because we know that if we follow them, there's, they're up and down. They're obedient. They're disobedient. So, at the heart of it is idolatry, the worship of idol gods. So, God gave them Ten Commandments, and guess what the first two say? The first commandment says this, I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery, and you shall have no other gods before me. Number two, you shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. So at the heart of Israel, their trouble, their problems, their rebellion, their disobedience was idolatry. And I know somebody probably said, well, that was the Old Testament. Well, guess what? In the New Testament, when Jesus was out, when, when, when he was in the wilderness being tempted by Satan, he told Satan this, uh, away from me, Satan, for it is written to worship the Lord your God and serve him only. 
So you see a pattern here? God is calling us to worship him and him alone. So here we are in the book of Kings. We're about 900 years past the time that Israel entered into Canaan. Now, even then we saw them worshiping. Remember the golden calf? Now, Canaan devoted worship to, to this false god called Baal. And they believed Baal was in charge of the weather. All right. The sun, the storm god. So here's Israel in Canaan. And guess what they're doing? Worshiping idols. So in between the first time they went into Canaan up till now, in the 900 years, so much has happened. Israel decided they wanted a king. God gave them David. Then Saul, and we know Saul married foreign, all these women, and, and he ended up worshiping idol gods. And after his reign, the, the nation split, divided. And so 10 tribes were Israel and two tribes were Judah. So what we're looking at today is the tribe of Israel. And their king at this time was called King Ahab. Now, the word of God says that King Ahab was the most evilest kings up until now that Israel had. Why? Because he also married a foreign woman by the name of Jezebel. Remember Jezebel? And guess what? She worshiped idol gods. So here we find King Ahab worshiping the Baals. What happens? The people that he is leading begins to worship idol gods. Say, pray for your leaders. Pray for your leaders. Amen. So, Ahab marries Jezebel, and they worship idol gods. Now, exactly what is an idol? Glad you asked. <laughs> so, the Greek word for idol, the, the Latin word video comes from that word. It means to see and to know. It, it talks about an image. And so it carries a concept that says to know by seeing. And I remember last week Pastor Derek talked about that knowing, and I'm not sure if it applies here, but what came to my mind was because God is invisible, we tend to worship and 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 become loyal to things we can see, touch, and feel. So we can't look down on Israel too hard because before we know it, we find ourselves off the mark a little bit. Amen. So an idol is something that is seen, that we see. Now, that I, I found another definition. It says, whatever claims that loyalty that belongs to God alone, that's an idol. And so, what about modern-day idols? Guess what? Modern-day idol? Self. Self. Think about it. Pride, ego, 
mankind, self-indulgence. That includes what? Food, drugs, alcohol, sexual immorality. Look around in our community. Look on the news every day. And what do we see? Yeah, idolatry. Selfishness is all about me. If I don't want to be a man, I'll have a surgery and be a woman. I can dress how I want to because it's about me. I can say what I want to. Idolatry. <laughs> Let it rain. When we worship God, he will open the heavens. So because of Ahab and Israel's idolatry, God sends a prophet by the name of Elijah. Now, another thing we need to understand in those biblical times is that prophets, kings, priests, they were representative of God on the earth. And so here we see King Ahab, and he's turned against God. So God is sending another representative in the form of a prophet by the name of Elijah. And all of a sudden, Elijah just pops up on the scene. And he comes to Ahab, and he tells them that God sent him. And he comes to Ahab to tell him, it ain't going to rain no more, no more. It ain't going to rain no more. Y'all know that song? <laughs> it ain't going to rain no more, no more. <laughs> so basically, he comes to Ahab and says, God sent me to tell you it's not going to rain for a few years. Now, we know what happens when it doesn't rain. It causes a drought. And under the leadership of King Ahab, Canaan was very profitable. And so um, now without the rain in the due season, that means the crops wouldn't have moisture. And we know rain is a source of water, and that could affect the animals, and it could even affect mankind. And so a drought would lead to a famine. So here we are at our passage, and there has been a drought in the country for about three years. So if you don't mind opening your word and just keeping it there, we're going to be in the 18th chapter of 1 Kings. We're just going to hit. There's a, it's a lot. It's a long chapter. We're just going to hit a few things, and I'm going to take my seat. <clears throat> So chapter 18, verse 1 and 2 says this, After a long time in the third year, the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Go and present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the land. So Elijah went to present himself to Ahab. Now the famine was severe in Samaria. So we have to understand Samaria was the capital. So there was a severe famine due to the lack of rain or due to the drought. Let's jump down a little bit to verse 16. A lot of stuff was going on in between there. Um, Ahab and his right-hand man, Obadiah, was walking around looking for a place for the animals to, to graze because, of, of course, the famine. And, and so Elijah is on his way to meet Ahab, and he runs into Obadiah. And that's what we'll pick up in verse 16. It says, so Obadiah 
went to meet Ahab and told him. So Obadiah, I'm sorry, Obadiah was going to tell King Ahab that Elijah wanted to meet with him. So Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. When he saw Elijah, he said to him, is that you, you troubler of Israel? I have not made trouble for Israel, Elijah replied, but you and your father's family have. You have abandoned the Lord's commands and have followed the Baals. You have abandoned the Lord's commands and have followed the Baals. And here is my first point. We must come face to face with God to see that we might not be actually worshiping him, but rather something else. I'm going to say that again. We have to come face to face with God to see. He wants us to see that we may not be actually worshiping him, but rather something else. So Ahab had been looking for Elijah to possibly kill him because of the drought. Because Elijah's the one that pronounced the drought. And so he was looking for him, and Elijah hadn't had been um, incognito or something for about three years. And now he's coming forth because God has told him to go and tell Ahab that it's going to rain. And so he goes and he says, I'm going to present to Ahab. I'm going to come and present and show myself to Ahab. Now, I have to also make this point. Not only back back before we get into Canaan, not only did Moses talk about what will happen if they live right, he also gave them a warning of if they did not live right. And I just want you to hear what he said to Israel. This is Moses to Israel about disobedience. And it's important to our point. He said in Deuteronomy, be careful or you will be enticed to turn away and worship other gods and bow down to them. Then the Lord's anger will burn against you and he will shut up the heavens so that it will not rain and the ground will yield no produce and you will soon perish from the good land the Lord is giving you. So they had been warned. If you don't obey or follow my commands, I'm going to shut up heaven and the water and the rain will not produce the produce. So that had happened for about three and a half years, three years. And now God is ready to let it rain. Somebody say, let it rain. So here comes the prophet Elijah to present to the king Ahab. Now, I kept seeing that word present, and I thought, what is that? What do that mean? Well, here's what it means. It means to see. It means to understand. It means to reveal, to inspect, to appeal, to become visible, to show oneself. So basically, when we come face to face with God, he wants to reveal to us what we're not worshiping and what we are worshiping. So if we look back in our text, 
Ahab said to Elijah, he called him a troubler. He was blaming the drought on him. But Elijah said, no, boo-boo, it ain't me. It's you. And remember, he was a representative of God. And so when he comes face to face with God, he, he lets us see what we are or are not worshiping. He said, it's because of you and your daddy and your family. You're not worshiping God. A few weeks, a few months, a month ago, I went to Houston and, and I've just been, ever since then, I've been like in this turmoil, in this battle. And guess what? It's over. Worship. Worship. I am the, the worship leader, the worship and music and arts pastor. And I will tell you this. It is difficult to stand before people, usher them into the presence of God, and keep your focus on God. And why is that? Because in the arts, you know, like, like Chandra, somebody going to come up to her today and say, man, you can sing. This man here, he tears them keys up. It's difficult to stay focused on God and not focus and shift and, and, and shift your focus on man. You know, did they wave their hands on that song today? Did they like it? Did they say amen? Did that song go over? Did it sound good? Did I say the right thing? But when we come face to face with God, we will see that we have shifted sometimes our focus off of our worship of God and began to worship man. Amen. Amen. I'm just being real today. And so I've been wrestling with God, and I was telling the team, we're in a battle, we're in a war over worship. We got to put God first. And, and, and the following Sunday after I returned, I came back, and it just seemed like everything was off. Everything was off that day. And I was walking down here, and, and I hope the team doesn't take it personal because it's not personal at you. I was walking down here. And I looked at the stage. I don't even know if anybody was up here. And God said, they don't worship me. And so I, I wrestled for a couple of days and I said, well, what do I do? What do I do, God? How do I motivate? What do I say? And he said, you don't worship me. He said, you worship me. And they'll worship me. Pray for your leaders. Pray for you. When you come faith. When you come face to face with the Holy Spirit, he will show you where you have gotten off track, missed the mark. Amen? And so if the leadership isn't worshiping, then it trickles down, just like with King Ahab. Then the, then the membership ain't worshiping. If the church isn't worshiping God then the community isn't worshiping God and the city and the state and the country and the world. Oh, look around you. Look around you. Have we taken, have we shifted? Sometimes we think we're worshiping God and we've shifted in the name of God. 
Oh, I go to church every Sunday. I sing on the worship team. I lead worship. But who am I really worshiping? Somebody say, let it rain. When we come face to face with God, he will let us see that we not, may not be worshiping him, but something else. <clears throat> so when we come face to face with him, this is my second point. He'll challenge those things in our lives that we're worshiping. Yeah, let's see. Let me show you what I mean. Pastor Derek, let me show you. Go to verse 19. <laughs> so this is Elijah talking. He says, now summon the people from all over Israel to meet me on, the Mount, on Mount Carmel and bring the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table so Ahab sent word throughout Israel and assembled all the prophets on Mount Carmel. Elijah went before the people and said, how long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. And the people said nothing. As we come face to face with God, he will challenge those things in our lives that we worship. So Elijah tells Ahab, call the prophets of Baal and the prophets of Asherah and meet me on the mountain. As you notice, he didn't tell them why. But what I thought was, here it is, Elijah by himself and 850 prophets. So what, were they, what did they have to lose? They didn't really need to know. They were just going, well, hey, you know, the odds are in our favor. I'm just going to go and see what this man wants. So he tells them to meet him on the mountain top. And what I thought was curious when they got there, he shifted his focus from these prophets and, and uh, shifted it on the people of God, the idol worshipers. And he said to them, how long will you waver between two opinions? How long will you waver between two opinions? Now, I thought I really knew what that meant. Opinions actually means crutches. Waver means limp or lame. So how long will you limp on two crutches? Now, I broke my leg. I don't have no crutches. I broke my leg a few years ago, and I had to keep the weight off of my leg. I won't even because I might fall. But you know the crutches, they go under your arm. And, and you don't have stability, right? You can't. Get centered. Your, your gravity is off center. Amen. When you're on crutches, it, your limping is not normal. Walking with two legs is normal. So you're out of the norm. How long will you limp on two crutches? 
you're, you stagger insecurely. Uh, uh, you're off balance, like I said. You're off kilter. You're, you're double-minded. How long will you limp on crutches? Make a decision is what he's saying. Make a decision. If God, if Jehovah is God, then follow him. If Baal is God, then follow him. Now, you're probably saying that don't apply to me. <laughs> yeah, that, that don't touch me. But we're asking people to give over and beyond. And somebody is saying, uh-uh, I ain't giving because I got something over here that I got to pay. How long will you limp? Amen. Yeah, somebody is saying, I would work in children's ministry, but it's every Sunday. How long? How long will you limp? Somebody's sitting down on their gifting and, and can probably blow us out the water up here vocally, but they don't want to commit. How long? How long will you limp? If Jehovah is God, follow him. If Baal is God, follow him. When we come face to face with God, he challenges those things in our lives that we worship. So make a decision. Make a decision. So here was the challenge. He told both sides, the side of one and one alone, and the side, and, and by the way, Asherah's um, prophets didn't show up, so it, was four, it ended up being 450 against one. So he, he, took a, he took two bulls and had each side make a sacrifice. They had to build their altar, put the bulls on the sacrifice. And rather, normally the fire has already started. So he said, here's what we're going to do. You're going to have a bull. I'm going to have a bull. You're going to have an altar. I'm going to have an altar. And whosoever God sends down fire from heaven, that's God. Okay? And they was like, yeah, yeah, we could do that. So he said, you go first. So the prophets of Baal put their bull on the altar, and oh, they got to praying and shouting and dancing all morning long. Nothing happened. And so our friend prophet Elijah waited patiently, and about noon, you know, he got a little impatient, impatient and started teasing him. He was like, maybe if you call him a little louder, he'll hear you. Maybe he's gone to the bathroom. Uh, what's up? Call on him. So they started even cutting themselves to invoke their God to do what they wanted him to do. Still, by evening, nothing. Why? Because he had no power. Those things that we worship other than God, have no power. When we worship God, he will open the heavens. But God, God sent down fire 
He consumed the altar, and not only did he consume the bull, but they had poured water on top of the, the, the water in the midst of the drought. He, he was wasting water, basically, but, but he knew it was going to work out, right? Right? That was trust, Pastor Derek. So he, so God sent down fire, and, and he burned up the, the bull and, every, and the altar and the water and everything that was there, and all the people fell to their face and repented and worshiped God, and they cried out, Jehovah is our God. Jehovah is our God. Yeah, when we come face to face, he will challenge those things in our lives that we worship, so let it rain. Let it rain. Hashtag, let it rain. And so the people began to acknowledge God. And, and here's my third point. My third point is this. Acknowledging God for who he is is our worship to him. Acknowledging God for who he is is our worship to him. Come on, verse 36. Come on down to verse 36. At the time of sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed, Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and have done all these things at your command. Answer me. This is when he's calling God to, to send down the fire. Answer me, Lord. Answer me so these people will know that you are Lord. That you, Lord, are God, and that you are turning their hearts back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, and the soil, and also licked up the water in the trench. When all the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried, The Lord, He is God. 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 All acknowledging God for who he is is worship. See, they thought they were in a contest. Amen. They thought they were in a challenge, but actually this sacrifice that was made was an act of worship. It was an act of worship. Now, you know, Israel, they did a lot of offerings and sacrifices and listen to this. The burnt offering was for the atonement of sin. And so here's how it worked. They were to bring a bull. And if you recall, I told you earlier, they, that was their sacrifice, a bull. So they were to bring a bull as a sacrifice, and he was to be completely consumed by fire to atone for their sins. And so it was also considered a gift to God. If the offering was consumed, it was not only a sign of God's power, but that the offering was accepted and it was well-pleasing to God. So acknowledging God for who he is is our worship to him. And as we see what happened at this contest, this act of worship, God sent down the fire and he consumed the, not just the entire bull, but everything. 
And so it was telling the people that he had accepted their offering. Somebody say, let it rain. He accepted their offering. And not only that, what was interesting to me was that the prophet Elijah, his name means Lord is my God. So the people began to cry out, the Lord is my God. The Lord is my God. And they worshiped him and repented of their sin and he accepted their worship. And here's something that was interesting. The prophets of Baal were killed after that. And they were killed according, according to the Mosaic law. And the law says that prophets of pagan deities are to be put to death for inciting rebellion against the Lord our God. Amen. So, so what is that saying? Anything that is worshipped above God is a rebellion against God. And as he accepted their worship, then he had those prophets put to death. Is there anything in your life that needs to be put to death? Amen. Do we need to repent and acknowledge that God is Lord? Yeah, we do. If we want to have those things killed. After God showed me that I wasn't worshiping him, man, I began to repent. I'm still repenting. I'm still crying. I'm still hurt because I want to be pleasing. I never want to stand before people. And I'm just a little bit off. And I'm worried about, you know, does the song sound okay? People come in here hurting. Music has power. God wants to break chains, heal bodies. God wants to move in this place. We've got to be on point as members, as leaders. Yeah, let it rain. And so my final point is this. When we worship God, he releases supernatural power. When we worship God, he releases supernatural powers. When we worship God, he releases supernatural powers. Somebody say, let it rain. Let it rain. Yeah. Hashtag. I keep leaving that out. Verse 41 through 46, and we're out. And Elijah said to Ahab, go eat and drink. See, they believe that Ahab had been fasting that day for his false god. So he said, go eat and drink. He said, for there's a heavy, there's a sound of a heavy rain. That's trust. That's trust, Pastor Derek. There wasn't a cloud in the sky. But Elijah knew what God said. God said, it's going to rain. And so he told him, told Ahab, go eat and drink because I hear the sound of the rain. The people have turned their hearts back to God. I hear the sound of the rain. So Ahab went off to eat and drink. But Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel. And he bent down to the ground and he put his face between his knees. 
And he said to his servant, go and look toward the sea. And when the servant went and looked, he came back and he said, there's nothing. Seven times Elijah said, go back. That's trust. (laughs) Trust in the Lord with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. He said, go back. And he went back seven times. And then the servant, on the seventh time, the servant came back and he said, there's a cloud. And it's as small as a man's hand. And it's rising from the sea. So Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and and go down the mountain before the rain stops you. Meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds. Somebody say, let it rain. The wind rose. Let it rain. The, the, The heavy rain started falling and Ahab rode off to Jezreel. The power of the Lord, the supernatural power of the Lord came on Elijah and tucking his cloak into his belt, he ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. Now this man was on a chariot with a horse and he ran ahead. I think he was shouting and praising God and running to tell somebody. (laughs) Yeah, let it rain. Yes, hallelujah, God, let it rain. When we worship God, he releases his supernatural power. There wasn't a rain cloud in sight. But Elijah said he could hear the sound of the rain. Elijah believed God. Elijah said, I'm in. Elijah trusted God. Elijah said, if God said it, I believe it. Let it rain. It's going to rain. So he began to pray and worship, and he sent his servant to look for the rain cloud seven times. That's persistent. I believe if it had been 27 times, he would have still did it. So he sent his servant the first time. He was praying, and he was worshiping. And the servant came back and said, I don't see nothing. He said, go back. And Elijah Elijah prayed, and Elijah worshiped. And the second time, the servant came back and said, I don't see nothing. And Elijah prayed, and Elijah worshiped. And the third time, the servant went. And somebody said, I started tithing, but my bank account is still in the red. But Elijah prayed, and Elijah worshiped. And the fourth time, Yeah, I hear somebody saying, I I gave my marriage to God, but we're still having issues. But Elijah kept on praying, and he kept on worshiping. And the fifth time, I hear somebody said, I'm trying to, to stop taking these drugs, but I'm still fiending. But Elijah kept on praying, and he kept on worshiping. And on the sixth time, I heard somebody say, God said he'd give me a job, and I, and I made it to the, to the final two, but they didn't give me the job. But Elijah kept on praying, and he kept on worshiping. And the seventh time, the servant came back and said, I see a small cloud 
yeah, in the horizon, rising up out of the sea. Oh, come on, somebody, let it rain. He said, and then, and then Elijah said, okay, yeah, gear up, gear up and get ready. Let's get ready to go because it's about to rain. And the clouds begin to turn black, right? And the wind started blowing. I can imagine the thunder started rumbling and the lightning started flashing and the rain just started pouring down. And Elijah yeah, he took his cloak and he tucked it in and he began to run and shout and praise God for victory. You see, if we worship God, he'll open up the heavens. Hashtag let it rain. Hashtag let it rain. Amen. Amen. See, see we want to give up fast. We want to give up. But he kept praying and he kept worshiping. Yeah, and God opened up the heavens because God said it. God said it. I believe God. I believe God. Amen. He said, he told pastor about this vision. I believe God. He done said some things to somebody personally and you still holding on. Believe God. Yeah, it's going to rain. It's going to rain. All you got to do is, is just say, I hear the rain. I hear the rain. Get ready to tuck in your cloak because the supernatural power is going to fall down in this place. Oh, I believe it. People are going to come running up to this altar. They're going to be healed supernaturally and for real and once and for all. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let it rain. Let it rain. Stand to your feet. Yeah, Jesus at the center of it all. Yeah, God wants us to worship him. Stay focused on him and him alone and him alone there's no other God above him they have no power no power at all you don't believe it put them to the test put them to the test put that thing your your job your bank account those drugs whatever it is put it to the test that man you chasing after put it to the test yeah, that woman you chasing after. Put it to the test. There's nobody like him. Hallelujah, God.